0: Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests today. As I've been thinking about today, I've been thinking about the fact that God's presence knows no barriers, knows no boundaries. We don't have to go there for God's presence or, or go there or go to a certain you know environment or something. God's presence is everywhere and it's it's only a thought away, really. If we give our attention to God, then we can experience his presence. I don't know your... Um, environment today or your circumstances, but I want to encourage you that God is with you. God's presence is with you. His spirit is with you. His goodness is with you. His word is with you. His faith is with you and his name is with you. He is just a prayer away. So come on, let's give him our attention today as we press into his word. It says in Psalm 16 verse 11, you will show me the path of life and in your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God's presence is something to press into and something that God wants to release in greater and greater ways in our lives. I believe, you know, this year of 2020, what a, what a hugely different year we've had. All sorts of challenges, all sorts of pressures, but God's presence is always with us and always around us. Today I want to speak on the fact that God is faithful. I know it's something we talk about a lot here in Citygate Church and is all the way through the Bible. But it's a very important thing for us to understand and for us to be secure in. I'd like to read a passage of scripture, really, from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11 from the NIV today. It says, I don't want you to be uninformed, my brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure it. So that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely upon ourselves, but that we might rely upon Almighty God, who is able and does raise the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will continue to deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers then uh, um, any people will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor that is granted to us to answer the prayers of many people okay very very powerful passage of scripture the apostle paul was going through a horrendous situation here and had been for some time. It was so horrendous, it says he despaired of life. He had the sentence, he felt like he had the sentence of death on the inside of him. There's other times where the Apostle Paul says we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. But, but here he was saying I despaired of life itself just because of how difficult things have got. I know we all experience hardships in life. We've all experienced different things. And I can't say I've ever really experienced this. There have been times I think I've got pretty close. But here the Apostle Paul says, I've had enough. I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. I just can't continue on in this. And yet he reached down on the inside of himself and he found out that there was a God who raises the dead and who does deliver people from, it says, such a deadly peril. I want to encourage us today that God is faithful. God is faithful, he will not allow you to be tested beyond that which you can bear. God is faithful. He will bear you up in his mighty right hand. God is faithful. He will encourage you when you're discouraged. God is faithful. He will strengthen you when you feel weak. God is faithful. He will heal you when you're struggling with sickness. God is faithful. He will provide for you when you're struggling financially. Our God is a faithful God, and you can be certain of that. You can be secure in that fact. The Bible says hope is an anchor to our soul. And as I declare today that our God is a faithful God, you can have hope which is an anchor for your soul at this time of struggle. You know what? I believe in in order to live life you know, to its fullness, as God intends in 2020 and beyond, we need to be secure on the fact that God is faithful. And we need to understand that in three realms of our existence. The first point today is that we need to know God is faithful and we need to celebrate the past. Why didn't you say that? Celebrate the past. If you didn't have a great past, we'll perhaps celebrate the fact that it's over. (laughs) I don't know. But the important thing is, is that as we look back into our past, there is a celebration and not an anger. There is a celebration and not an upset. That there's a celebration and not a frustration. You know, we have to remember the fact that no matter what we've gone through in the past, God was there and God was faithful. The Bible says he will not allow our foot to be dashed against the rock. And perhaps you've experienced things that you didn't want to experience or you didn't like as you went through it. But through it all, God was faithful and it's so important for us to, you know, to think back about the good things that God has done. Has God ever healed you? We'll celebrate that fact. Has God ever provided for you? We'll celebrate that fact. Has God ever spoken to you in the midst of darkness and shone a light into your circumstances? Let's celebrate what God has done. It's so important that we understand that the same God who has, who has delivered us in the past will still deliver us today. But unless we have a good attitude about the past, we will struggle to have a good attitude about you know today as I think back I can't change my past I cannot do anything about my past it has gone so I have decided in my own life that as I look back I will go well praise God anyway thank you God that you were there through it all thank you for your faithfulness God is a faithful God I want to encourage you today perhaps to bring your past to the altar. What does that mean? What does that expression mean? Well, you know what? The altar, which really is the cross of Jesus Christ, He can carry away all of your pain and all of your regrets if you bring it to the cross. Perhaps there are some things you need to say sorry for. Perhaps there are some things that you need to get gone out of your life. You know what, as we celebrate the past, it's also important sometimes to clean up the past and make sure that it's dead and gone. You know, some of us did some, some stuff in the past that we're not very proud of. I know I did. But I also thank God that now all of those things are under the blood. And the Bible says God will remember those sins and those things no more. Thank God for freedom. I can celebrate the past because it's under the blood. We call it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I can celebrate the past because my life has been washed clean. I can celebrate the past because God has taken away all of the wrong in my life, all the stuff that I would regret and live in guilt and shame with. I don't have to live in guilt and shame because God has completely removed it out of my life. You know what? If you think something is in the past and when you start to understand that something is in the past, it has no power over your present and it has no power over your future. When you realize it's in the past and you don't keep trying to drag it into your presence, when you say it's dead, it's gone, it's in the past and I'm going to celebrate the past, it has no power over your present. That's good news for somebody today. It could be, you know, I'm I'm quite handy, I've got a lathe and I make things in my garage and I love bits of metal and hitting things with hammers and restoring bikes and cars and whatever else. That's my sort of hobby, if you like. I love to do things and there are times There have been times when I've cut myself. There have been times when I've hurt myself. And at the time, it's really painful and the blood's pouring or whatever. And often, especially when the kids were young, Dad, you've cut yourself. And you sort of look and go, yeah, all right. And you just, you know, and you carry on. Some things you just carry on with. Other things are so serious that you need to go and get them attended to and perhaps get some stitches or something like that. But you know what? After a while, those things heal. Whether it's small or whether it's big, those things heal, especially as our God is a healer. And I've got scars on my body today. I've got one on my finger. I was—I used to be a chef in my long, long time ago. Nothing spectacular, n- n- you know. Don't get too excited about it. And I can remember the time when I chopped the very end of my finger off. Not a big lot, but just a little bit. And um, I, you know, today there's no scar there, but at the time there was, um, you know, and that hurt for a bit. And I, Australia, had, had to be in a bandage for a bit. That was the past. There are times I've got a—I've got a scar around here where I had my appendix out, and the scar is still there but you know what the scar doesn't hurt the scar is just a reminder that I was hurt there once or there was a and you know an incision once this is all very graphic today isn't it but but you know what scars are not painful but they are a reminder of what we've gone through you know as I talk to people in my everyday life and you know as I'm interested in people and as we and as we learn about each other's experiences there's a lot of scars around There's a lot of things that have happened in the past that today are not painful, but they're scars. And some people want to hide their scars, and I understand that physically. But you know what? Um, In our everyday life, we can learn from what other people have been through. There's a time to show your scars. There's a time. I heard somebody come and preach on that here once in Citygate Church. One of the most powerful messages I think we've ever had in this church. Absolutely life-changing. And and he talked about the fact that you know when Christ was raised from the dead, he showed his scars to Thomas. And it was it was absolutely transformational for Thomas. And there are scars in your life and my life that perhaps will be good for some other people to see. What have you been through that God's healed you from? That you can celebrate the goodness of God and the healing of God that perhaps will be good for somebody else uh, to know. There's a time when somebody was lame and up comes the Lord Jesus and and he says, arise and he says, take up your bed and go back to your house. And he says to pick up your bed. And that was what he laid on as a crippled man for so long. And, you know, Jesus didn't say, you know, cast your bed aside. He said, I want you to take it wherever you go. And there's something about our life's experience, which can really encourage other people when we can celebrate it and when it's been healed. That's really, really important. Let's not go around showing open wounds. That's not a good way to live your life. But let's get healed by Jesus and let's show other people the scars of our lives so we can encourage them that they can be healed as well. Even the Apostle Paul said, I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ he wasn't talking about physical scars then he was talking about life's experiences so I want to encourage you point number one today is to be able to celebrate the past if there's a little bit of hurt in the past and it's still painful, it's time to say, Holy Spirit, why didn't you come into my life right now and heal that wound so it, will, it isn't going to be a wound anymore. It'll be a scar to encourage other people. The second thing as we go through this word today is this. Let's embrace the present. So we've got to celebrate the past, but let's embrace the present. You know what? We need to learn how to be in the moment. We need to learn how to be with the person or to, you know, be in the conversation. You know, sadly, I'm known for being a little bit sort of um, prone to distraction. Um, I can be in a conversation and then something will go on in my mind and you'll lose me. And there are times I often have to say to Sharon, I'm sorry, Sharon. Can you just repeat what you've just said? Because I zoned out. And that's not really encouraging for the person that's speaking to you because they can sort of say, don't you value what I'm saying? Um, You know, for me, I need to learn some of these things, even now after doing this many years. But we need to learn to be in our day. We need to learn to be in the here and now. There are too many things that can easily pass us by just because we didn't embrace the here and now. You, You know... I like to ask myself some questions sometimes. How many opportunities do I let go by just because I'm not really embracing today? It's important to be focused in the here and now. It's important to be alert in the here and now. It doesn't matter what hand you've been dealt, you can make something of it, you know, today. Um, I was around somebody's house the other day and we And we played cards. I I think I said this the other day or the other Sunday. We learned to play cards. I I haven't done that for years. And some of the hands I was dealt were fantastic hands. I mean, it's like, wow, I'm gonna win this. We weren't gambling or anything. It was just a bit of fun around the family. And you know, the kids were there enjoying it and playing around and you know, some of the hands were like, whoa, what a hand I've been dealt. This is amazing. It's got the aces in it and it's got all the things I needed for this particular game. And then there were other hands I was dealt and it was like, oh no, I can't believe what I've just been given. And it's just like, there's nothing there that I can really do anything with. Well, I don't know how you see the hand you've been dealt in life. Perhaps you go, wow, I'm the one that I got the silver spoon in my mouth. I'm the one who everything's just on a silver platter. And perhaps you're somebody who goes, you know what, I've got a really rubbish hand and I've got to handle this and I've got to handle that. And I've got to handle this. You know what? It's not about the hand you've been dealt in life. It's about the assignment that you have. And whatever hand you've been dealt in life, you can make the most of it because God says he can come in and turn around every situation. And he even has incredible promises like this. He can cause the things that aren't anything to bring to nothing the things that think they're something. It doesn't matter the hand you've been dealt or the hand I've been dealt, it absolutely is vital that we understand that almighty God is on our side and that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with our God. Faith can move a mountain. Love can cast out fear. Joy is our strength. Whatever hand you've been dealt with, my friend, you can come out on top, as long as we embrace the present, vital to embrace the present. You see, God is faithful today. He wants us to finish our assignment today. He wants us to live a fulfilled life. You know, today, I'm not going to, you know, gripe and moan about the hand I've been given. I'm going to celebrate the past no matter what, because God was faithful I'm going to embrace the present because today God is faithful and will show himself strong no matter what hand I've, I've got to play with. I will fulfill the assignment that God has for my life. That's an important faith stand. Things will come and the wind and the waves will try to blow you off course and distractions will come and go. But you know what? God is faithful today. Let's embrace the present. So we're going to celebrate the past. We're going to embrace the present. And the third thing that we're going to do is instead of thinking about how everything is an overnight success, how everything just happens instantly. No, everything's a process. We understand that. We can make a decision today, but life is a journey. Life is a process. So the third thing that we're going to do today is that we're going to decide, I am going to pursue the future. I'm going to celebrate the past, I'm going to embrace the present, and I'm going to run with everything in me to lay hold of the future that God has for my life. You know, the Apostle Paul said in that passage that we read earlier, he said, God has delivered me, He is delivering me, and He will always deliver me. Past, present, and in the future. I have a confidence that even if there's a despairing of life going on, God is my deliverer. He will deliver me no matter what I face in the future. You know, I love to think about King David. Before he was king, he was a teenager, 14, 15, 16 years old. And he comes down to the brothers and there's Goliath. There's the army under the trees and there's Goliath. And he's coming out hurling insults at, at the kingdom of God, really, into the army of God, the, you know, the kingdom of Israel at that time. And he couldn't believe it. David couldn't believe what he was hearing. He said, how long has he been doing this? He said, what's going to be done for someone who, you know, who actually deals with this? And they say, well, you're going to get, you know, tax-free uh, and you're going to get a wife. I mean, he's in, his, he's in his teenage years. That got his attention. You're going to get money and you're, going to, and you're going to get a wife. And so he says, he asked somebody else. They say the same thing. So he says, I'll go get your giant for you. I'll do it. And they try to put armor on his life and they try to do all that stuff. And he says, no, all I need is my covenant in God. All I need, and I can put it into our day, is the name of Jesus. All I need is the word of God. All I need is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he was known even at, even at a you know, 14 year old to be somebody who praised God with his whole heart. So he went out there and he said, Goliath, I'm gonna take your head off your shoulders. I'm gonna feed your carcass to the birds of the air. He said, I've got a covenant with God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You know what he did? He trusted God with his future. He knew that no matter what he faced, God was bigger than his future and he had a covenant with God. Friend, I wanna encourage you to pursue your future. As David went out to Goliath, he didn't stagger around at the back. He said he ran towards the giant. Friends, you can run towards your future. You can run towards that which God has for you. You don't have to be cautious. You don't have to be, you know, a little bit timid or fearful about what might come around the corner. There's a great old song that people used to sing. I can face tomorrow. Why? Because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know who holds my future. Because he lives. And friend, because our almighty God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's he's the end. He's already gone before you. He's already opened doors which no one can shut. He's already made a way where there is no way. He's already planned things for your good and not for evil plans to prosper you and to give you success and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You can run towards your future, full of faith and full of expectation. The Bible says in Philippians 3.14, forget what lies behind and press towards the high calling. Press towards that assignment that God has for your life. Press towards all the good things that God has in store for you. Run full pelt. You know, just a couple of years ago, probably three or four years ago now, um, our son uh, was in a sports day at school, and um, of course I was there as a parent, and we saw them all uh, all hurt, hurtling up and down. It is hilarious. Seeing, seeing kids running up and down, and and then it had the parents race. And and there was the dad's race, and oh, it was actually some years ago now. I was about fifty years old, forty-eight to fifty years old. I I know I'm the you know the height of of um, fitness, <laughs> sort of. But you know what? You know I don't go to the gym. I've not done those sorts of things for a long time, and I hadn't at that point. And. You know, here I am, 48, 50-year-old, and there were other kids' dads who were in their late 20s. You know, they're in their late 20s, 30s, early 30s, at the oldest. And then there was this great gap, and then there was me. And I thought, well, you know what? For the sake of my boy, I'm going to run this, and I'm going to do everything I can to do the best that I can. And the sort of person that I am, I'm quite impulsive, and I've got a whole load of energy in short bursts. I've never been a marathon runner, hated cross country, but I used to do the 100 meters. Anything over 200 meters, forget it. it, it No, I'd fall over and go, oh, I can't do this anymore. But you know what, a short sprint, the hurdles, 110 meter hurdles, something like that, I can absolutely go for it. It's as if I have a burst of energy. And so I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give this everything I can. And I was lined up. And it's a bit like I could see all these dads going, oh yeah, old man, <laughs> this is going to be fun. And there was this really fit guy, he was like a triangle. You know, his arms were bigger than my legs and the guy was so fit, it was unbelievable. And all these other guys were just normal dads, but, but they were all, you know, just a lot more able than I was. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for this and I'm going to make my son proud. <laughs> and I stood on the starting line. And I don't know if they clapped a clapper or whatever they did or just said go, I don't know what it was. But I reached down on the inside of me and I got hold of something. I don't know where it came from because I ran full pelt. My legs were going, they're not that long, but they were going so fast. And you know what? I came second in that race of about 30 dads. And the one who beat me was Mr. Triangle Man. He was the one whose arms were bigger than my legs. He came first. Uh, but I was second and I was a little bit further back than him. It wasn't that equal. But then the rest of the dads, they just looked at me as I fell over on the floor. And absolutely, I gave it everything I could and I probably couldn't move for a couple of days after that. But you know what? That is... I believe what the Apostle Paul's saying here forget what lies behind and press in. Come on, run full pelt. Run the race to win. Run into your future. Pursue your future. Press in, press on, press up, press out. Come on, let's put all of our energy into fulfilling that which God has for our lives. You know, something that somebody said to me, not to, uh, actually a couple of, just a couple of, um, of Sundays ago, I was speaking to them and they said this to me. They said, always have something on your desk to fulfill for six months in advance. So do something this week that's going to affect something in six months time. So don't just do things for this week, for this week or for next month. He said, always be doing something during your week that's going to be fulfilled in six months' time. Live in your future. And that really stirred me. That really sort of challenged me, actually, because, you know, my personality is a little bit impulsive. I tend to think in the here and now. Um, But that really challenged me, but it really encouraged me, you know, that there are things in my uh, future that I need to actively pursue. Is there anything in your future that will be good for you to say, you know what, I'm going to do something about that now. Because if God is the God of the future, he's already out there. He's already preparing a way for you. So come on, let's press in to this incredible uh, future that we have. As we close today... um, very powerful expression in the Bible that's there. And Jesus said, ask and seek and knock. So as we think about all this today, as we, as we celebrate the past, as we embrace the present, as we pursue the future, let's be asking, seeking and doing everything we can to get the door opened into everything that God has for us. I can ask God, is there anything I need to learn from the past in order to bring it into my present? I can be seeking God for the next steps for my future. And I can be actively pursuing that that f- uh, future finding doors to open to knock on those doors. Sometimes we've got to kick the doors down. Sometimes we've got to bang all night long on those doors until the door opens. We don't just casually do a little knock. Come on, we're pressing into our future. As we head further into 2020, God is faithful. No matter what hand you've been dealt Almighty God is faithful. No matter what the mountain is that you face, God is faithful. No matter what adventure you face, God is faithful. Wherever God leads you, even if you've never been that way before, God is faithful. When you step out and you have to walk on the water, God is faithful. When you're bold enough to put God's word to the test, that you hear God and you you receive his word and you step out on that word, God is faithful. When the mountains want to loom over you and intimidate you, God is faithful. When it just seems too big, the giants too tall, God is faithful. When the valley seems too deep, God is faithful. When the fire seems too hot, God is faithful. The Bible says you can go through the fire and you will not be burned. You can go through the the floods and you will not be drowned. Why? Because God is faithful. Friend, as we close today, come on, let's encourage ourselves. Let's stir ourselves up and let's see God show himself strong like he's promised. Friend, I want to ask you today, have you ever made the Lord Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Have you trusted Him with your past, your present, and with your future? Because God is faithful. He has a plan for your life. And I want to encourage you today to open up your heart. The Bible says your heart is like soil. And God's word, God's love, God's salvation is like a seed that comes into your heart. Sometimes it can fall on a heart and and that heart is so hard that, you know, the word doesn't take root. The promise of God doesn't take root. Other times it's full of thorns and thistles which strangle out the promises and the love of God. Other times the ground is so shallow that when there's problems in life, you know, it's like the sun that scorches and, you know, destroys that, that seed that's trying to grow. But there's another type of soil and friend I pray that it's your heart today that is good soil for the salvation of God and God's word of love and forgiveness to come into your heart and take root and and to produce a phenomenal harvest, a wonderful crop. Friend, all you need to do today is to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life, and I'm gonna encourage you to pray a prayer right now. The Bible says you must be born again. That's been in the Bible for 2,000 years, it's not new. Jesus said that himself, you must be born again. How does that happen? It's, it happens by the power of the Holy Spirit when you say, will you come into my life? Will you make me a brand new person? Will you transform me from the inside out? You know what? God will do a miracle and he will give you a brand new start. His love will pour in and wash you clean. His grace will come in. His forgiveness will give you a brand new start in life. So I'm going to encourage you now to pray this prayer after me. Even if you've said it a hundred times before, come on, it's a good thing to do to pray it again. Perhaps you've heard this today and, you know, perhaps you are a Christian, but you know you're not overly on fire for God right now. Well, I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer as well. And especially those who have never prayed anything like this before. Come on, out of your mouth. Why don't you say this after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've shown your love by sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I asked you to come into my life. I declare you to be my Lord and my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you for your eternal life. Amen. Have an amazing week. We pray. You know, for God's favor to go before you. We pray that, you know, through his grace, we'll all be able to help make other people's lives great. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.